This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. I might just pray for Sam as she comes up. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for Sam. Lord, we just thank you for the way that you speak into her life, Lord God. And so, Father, what you have put into Sam, Lord, we just pray that we would be able to receive that today also, that Sam would be able to just speak that clearly, um, and it would just be a changing time um, in our life. Thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Are you having a good day? Always, I love that. Always having a good day. It's good to be in church, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I'm upside down. If I haven't met you before, my name's Sam and I'm one of the pastors here. Spend most of my time over at our Preston's campus. Um, Preston's is doing really well. If you're not aware, you have a, a, a little sister a little sister church over at, at Preston's, and um, we've been going for three years. Thank you, Larissa. <laughs> three years, Mark and I have been there for nearly two and a half, and um, it's, God is doing great things in our community. So keep praying for us. I always say feel free to come and visit us if you'd like a sleep in one Sunday morning. You know, if you ever wake up and you go, oh, no, I'm not going to make it to 9 a.m., We start at 10, so you're very welcome to come and visit us. (laughs) Last Sunday, um, Nathan started us off on a new series called Connected to God. And uh, last week, we looked at connecting to God through his word. Did you enjoy spending that time of just listening to God's word for a good 15 minutes? It was really special, wasn't it? This morning, we're going to continue in that series by exploring, connecting to God through praise. And my prayer for us today is that we will walk away with some really practical tools that will deepen and strengthen our connection with God. Because in order for us to see our vision fulfilled as a church, in order for us to see lives changed, in order for us to see ourselves and those around us experience freedom and to live in purpose, we need to have a strengthened relationship with God. It can't happen. We can't do it without him, which is why we've intentionally started this year looking at how we connect to God. So I'm going to pray and um, and then we'll dive in. God, we thank you that you are a God who is not distant. We thank you that you desire to be close to us. You desire to be in relationship with us. And so, God, I pray that right now that we would make a decision again to draw near to you, to step closer to you. God, I pray that our hearts would be open to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start today by saying that there is a difference between praise and worship. There is a difference between praise and worship. Now, they most certainly complement each other, and they are connected. In fact, praise to God is an element of worship, 
and worship gives praise to God. However, they are two different things. Praise by definition is giving God admiration, appreciation and gratitude. It's what we've done today. When we praise God, we declare who he is. God, you're so good. We are praising who he is, his greatness, his character. And that is a declaration of truth. To say, God, you are so good is a declaration of truth. It's also an outward expression when we praise God, which is absolutely an element of worship. Worship, however, goes beyond praise and gets to the heart of who we are. Worship is about placing honour, worth and reverence upon another. Worship is really about our attitude and our heart towards God. It's not just an outward expression. To worship God means to acknowledge his worth and his value and to express this in a deep reverence, deep awe, deep wonder through surrender and through serving him. And this isn't just a one-off event that we do on a Sunday. But rather in Romans 12.1, it teaches us that worship is actually a lifestyle. So when we come to church on a Sunday, praise is an element of our worship, but it doesn't stop there. Praise has the power to change us and to change our heart, but worship doesn't stop there. And so this morning, I wanted to take some time to really focus on this idea of praise. Because when we come together on a Sunday, our expression of worship is mostly praise. So I'm going to take some time to highlight the meaning of praise and to explore this. And I really hope that as we look at this this morning, that we will glean a deeper understanding of the power of praise. But I want to start really quickly by giving you five reasons to praise God. Are you ready? If you've got a notebook or a, a, a phone, one of those things, which I'm sure you do, feel free to take notes today because I'm going to give you quite a bit of information and it's helpful to write that down and as you're in your life groups this week, you can look at it a little bit more. The first reason to praise God is we're directed to all throughout Scripture. In the NIV, the word praise appears 340 times. A teacher said to me during the week that when they want to reiterate something with a student, is this right, Mr. Shume, they keep repeating it. (laughs) And so I think that God is wanting us to get something here when he repeats it 340 times. One of those verses is Psalm 150, verse 6, which says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We read in these verses all throughout Scripture a direction or a loving command to praise God. And that direction in us doing so is actually an act of obedience. So as a Christian, if you're here today as a believer... 
We are called to obey God. And so when we praise God, which we're directed to do in the scripture, we're obeying God. And we're actually living out one of the purposes that we've been called to. I said I'm going to go through these quite quickly because I don't want to land here. This is just the the starter. The next one is God deserves our praise. Amen? Psalm 145 verse 3 says, The Lord is great and worthy of our praise. The Lord is great and worthy of our praise. What an amazing testimony we heard today of how great God is. And as Mel has already done, and I want to do as well, if I remind you of who God is, that he is holy, he is compassionate, he is kind, he is loving towards us, he hears us, he's forgiving, he is just, he is patient. When you think about all who God is, when you think about what he's done, what starts to well up within you? Praise. Wow, God, you are so good. You are so worthy of my praise. And I want to suggest this morning that if our normal response isn't to praise God, then let me encourage you to go back to week one and to spend some more time in the Word getting to know the character of God. Because when we really get to know who He is, our normal natural response is to want to praise God. Him for who he is. Number three, God connects, sorry, praise connects us with the presence of God. Psalm 22 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise God, his presence dwells amongst us, he draws close to us. Again, Mel, I might just talk about you a lot today because. It was beautiful, so beautiful, that testimony. You know, in that moment in her room, as she praised him, his presence drew close to her. And, you know, when his presence turns up, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Mel experienced anxiety lift like that. When his presence turns up, freedom from sickness is possible. Freedom from sin is possible relationships can be healed when his presence turns up. We can be restored. We can be given direction. We'll be given peace and comfort. Whatever you need in that moment when his presence turns up, wow. A couple of years ago, I was at, um, at Hillsong and in a, in a moment of worship, I'd been quite sick and in a moment of worship, as I was just praising God, going, I've had enough <laughs> of being sick. I'd been sick for two years. I'd had chronic fatigue. And as I was praising him, his presence turned up in one of the most powerful ways I've ever experienced in my life. And in that moment, he said, you are receiving your healing. And since that day, I have not struggled with chronic fatigue. When his presence turns up, your life can change. Amen? Amen. Praise changes us. Try staying angry or upset when you're praising God. (laughs) Have you ever driven to church and on the way had a balmy with your spouse? Of course that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen to Padstow people, I know. But some of us less holy Preston's people. (laughs) 
You know, when you get into that moment of praise, it's impossible for me to stay cranky at Mark. (laughs) Praise changes us because it takes our focus off ourselves. It takes the focus off what might be going on around us, our circumstances, and it puts our focus on to God. And when we recognize who he is and when we declare who he is, we actually begin to recognize our own shortcomings. We begin to recognize our need for him. We recognize unhealthy thinking and attitudes when we start to praise God. And next to a holy and perfect God, we recognize our sin. We recognize where we need God to move in the areas where we need to experience freedom. Have you ever experienced this before as you've come and praised God? And my fifth reason, Melanie, (laughs) praise defeats the enemy. Praise defeats the enemy. There is this... Actually, before I say that, I said before that when we draw near, when we praise God, his presence draws near to us. And when we choose to praise God when we're facing a battle, God actually comes and fights for us. In that moment, when Mel praised, God came and fought what she could not fight. In her world at that moment, that enemy that she could not fight, God came and fought it for her. There's this really cool story in 2 Chronicles 17 about King, how do we say his name? Jerosaphat. Have some really weird names back then, didn't they? And he is surrounded by three armies. And they didn't have much hope of defeating these armies. They would... And God directs the king. Are you ready for this one? God directs the king to send the singers out first. Jess. He says, send the singers out first. Not, not the soldiers, the singers. And they go out and they begin to praise, to lift up God. And God fights for them. Without having to lift a sword, these enemies are defeated. And I just think that is just a, a, a beautiful, amazing story. And we think about our own lives where we come against things that we go, I cannot fight this. I am surrounded on every side. But when we praise him, his presence comes and he fights for us. So here is five reasons to praise God. And now I want to look at how we go about this, how we praise God. I mentioned earlier that in the NIV, the word praise appears 340 times. However, in the original Hebrew text, there are actually seven different Hebrew words for the word that we have translated in English as praise. And each of these seven words and their definitions give a new facet or a new meaning or expression of what praise is. So with the time we have left today, I want to look at these seven Hebrew words. And I guess I hope that as we do... I want to encourage you that maybe there is a different way that you could explore or express your praise to God after we're finished today. 
And um, please don't laugh at me as I attempt to um, pronounce these Hebrew words. Does anyone speak Hebrew? Martin? No? <laughs> okay, so none of us actually know how these are meant to be pronounced. Mm. That's what my husband says to me all the time. Just say it with confidence. <laughs> okay, number one. Yada. That one's easy. Yada. To revere or worship with extended hands. Has anyone ever been to a sporting game before? If you have, you've probably noticed that when a, a, a team scores a, a goal, the fans of that team do something all at the same time. They all lift their hands in excitement, in joy, in whatever, about the fact that their team has just scored a goal. All around the stadium, you will see people standing to their feet, shouting, lifting their hands because a team has just scored a goal. It's almost a primal response to good news, isn't it? Now, this Hebrew word is found a hundred times in Scripture. One of those is Psalm 67.3 that says, May the people yada you, God. May all the people yada you. So we've translated it to praise, but it actually meant extend their hands. And when I look at that, it says all the people. Are we people? The, psalm, the psalmist is encouraging God's people to praise him by extending their hands. In response to the good news of the gospel, which is so much more good news than the Rabbitohs winning, which we're going to get to in just a moment. In response to the gospel and all that God has done in your life, is it a natural response for you to express your joy and excitement and your admiration for what God has done by extending your hands? It's a way that we can express praise to our great God. Number two, halal. It's not the same halal. <laughs> it's actually where we get the word hallelujah from. To boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Now, I didn't know what this word clamorously meant, but I really like it. It just sounds like a great word. It's similar to boisterous. A number of years ago, Mark and I went to a wedding of one of our friends who's from Ghana. And of the 300 people that were at the wedding, Mark and I were two of six people who were not African. And I've never experienced a wedding like this before. From the beginning to the end, all they did was dance and celebrate. And they would, you know, it wasn't, it, everyone was involved. We couldn't not get up and be part of the celebration and the joy and the excitement and the clamorously foolish stuff that was going on at this wedding. It was so much fun. There was so much joy. There was so much just enjoying this couple and what we were celebrating. Men and women danced day and night. Exuberant expression of celebration. 
Psalm 149.3 says, let, the pra- let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with the timbrel and harp. You know, the word for praise here and in many other places in Scripture carries this notion of laying aside our inhibitions and our self-consciousness and exuberantly celebrating God, expressing our admiration and our gratitude to him in a way that might not necessarily be as dignified and as ordered as we might sometimes understand worship to be. But when I think about the Israelites praising God, I reckon it was loud and colourful and fun and free, regardless of personality types. Because personality types really doesn't come into this. If you know me well, you will know I am naturally a shy person. When I'm in a crowded room, I'm going to look for a a corner and just one safe person to talk to. I am not a hello, I've arrived type of person. (laughs) I'm not. Naturally, that is not... That's not me. But when, it <laughs> but when it comes to worship, when it comes to praise, I can't help it. Because what God has done for me is so great and who he is is so great that personality types doesn't come into it. So how do you go with being clamorously foolish in praise? number three Zama to make music my heart is fixed oh God my heart is fixed I will sing and give praise so here the, the praise that they're talking about isn't the singing the praise is the giving praise by making music So another way that we can express praise to God is through playing musical instruments. You know, music is a powerful tool that we can use to praise God. And if the musos in the room today, I want to challenge and encourage you. When was the last time you sat with your instrument and simply just played as an act of praising God without necessarily singing just playing because the ability to play music is a gift from God. So let me encourage you to use it to praise him. And you know, if you don't play an instrument, music can still draw us close to God by listening to music. It's a powerful tool to praise God. Number four. Tudor, an extension of the hand, a confession, a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving for things not yet received. This was the one that I needed to spend the most time on to understand. And now that I've got it, I think it's one of the most powerful expressions of praise. In 2018, I had an early pregnancy miscarriage. And understandably, I was pretty devastated by it. And I remember that that coming Sunday, I was rostered on to lead worship. And now I knew I had just cause to get somebody else to lead for me. 
But I made a choice pretty early on that I was going to do it, that I was going to show up that day. And I believe now that what I, the, the expression of praise that I brought to God to, that day was tutor. To bring a sacrifice of praise, to extend our hands in worship, believing in faith and expectation that God is going to fulfill his promise. Basically what Mel did as well. She hadn't yet experienced the freedom from anxiety. She was living in it. But she praised God with expectation that he was going to deliver his promise. It's praising and thanking and appreciating God for things that we haven't yet received. But because we know his character, we believe that he's going to come through for us in that area. Such a powerful expression of praise. And it is a sacrifice because we might not feel like it. You know, if you're going through something really hard, if you're going through a a sickness that is just ripping apart your body, it is so hard to praise God with expectation that he is going to come through for you. But there is something so powerful when you do. Have I put the scripture up? No, No, I'm lost. Psalm... 55. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render tutor. I will render praises to you. Lifting your hands in expectation in thanksgiving for what he's about to do. So will you extend your hand and thank God for your healing not yet received? Or for the direction that you're wanting? Or for the solution for that problem? Will you extend your hand in expectation for the marriage troubles? For the salvation of a child? For a broken relationship? It's a sacrifice. But there is power in our confession when we thank God for things not yet seen. Barack, not Obama, (laughs) to kneel to bless God is an act of adoration. One of my favorite psalms, Psalm 103, says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, Barack is falling on our knees in adoration and in gratitude or blessing and adoring him and humbly recognising our position in relation to him. But scholars of this ancient Hebrew word believe that its original meaning is more than just a physical stance of, of bowing low. But in bowing low, we continue to keep our eyes fixed on the king. And I just think that is such a beautiful expression of worship of bowing low, of recognising who this God is that we are praising. But as I do, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. When we come to praise God as a church on Sunday, you know, we can be tempted to be distracted by the lights or by the band or by the song choice. 
And let me assure you that we put a lot of time and care into trying to make those things not a distraction for you. But at the end of the day, none of this matters. None of this matters. What really matters is the object of our affection, of our gratitude, of our adoration, and that is Jesus. That our eyes are not fixed upon the worship leader. Our eyes are fixed upon him, upon Jesus. Number six, how are we going? Are you still with me? How do we say this one? Tahila. I bet you're out of all of them, this is the one you're going to remember. <laughs> a hymn, a song, a new song, a spontaneous song. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with tahila." <laughs> you know, we are blessed to sing songs that have been written by incredible men and women. Incredible songs all around the world of people who have put truth to music. And what these songs do is they take the revelation and the understanding or the experience that that songwriter has had and puts it into a song. But, you know, each one of us has a story. We've each had experiences. We each have understanding of who God is and what we've seen him do. And we can use that story to offer him a song of praise that's not necessarily written on the screen behind us, but a spontaneous song. So let me encourage you to give it a go, to allow what God has done in you to come out in song. Now, it doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't even necessarily have to be in tune. It's your song as an act of praise to God. <laughs> Number seven. Shawback. To address in a loud tone, to shout, to command, to give glory, to de- declare triumph. One generation shall declare, shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now, I grew up in a Rabbitohs family. My great-grandfather was a Rabbitohs supporter. My grandfather was a Rabbitohs supporter. My father is a Rabbitohs supporter. And so I grew up hearing great sounds of praise about the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The stories of the glory days were never told quietly. <laughs> they were told very loudly. And they were passed down from generation to generation as they declared the mighty acts of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, whom my family love. And of course, that admiration has been passed on to myself. How could it not? So can you imagine, imagine with me, the mighty sound 
the mighty shout of triumph that came from my parents' lounge room on the 5th of October 2014 when my dad, surrounded by the next generation for the first time in 43 years, celebrated the South Sydney Rabbitohs winning the grand final. Do I have anybody with me this morning? (laughs) David Thomas, thank you. And I do believe that we beat probably who most people in the room would support because this is where we live, the Bulldogs. (laughs) An eruption of praise, a shout of praise is normal when you're watching a football game and your beloved team wins. And it should be equally normal when we're declaring praise to a God who is better than the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It's not about hype. It's not about trying to pump ourselves up so we feel good. It's a declaration, a declaration of triumph, of glory, and it is powerful. It's a moment not just for us, but for the generations who are learning from us as they hear us declaring the mighty triumph of a great God. So there you have seven expressions of praise. I said earlier, praise is a powerful tool that connects us to God. Because when we praise him, his presence draws near to us. And so as we finish this morning, have you been challenged or encouraged to praise God to express praise maybe in a new way. Imagine if we were a church of Hebrew-style worshippers who understand what we've been set free from, understand who God is and have an ever-increasing wonder for who he is, his greatness, his holiness. It's my prayer that we would bring our understanding of who God is into our Sunday gatherings and that we would choose to be individuals who extravagantly express praise to God because he's so worth it. He so deserves it. And, you know, it's not just when we gather here on Sunday that we can do this. We can do it in our bedrooms. We can do it in the car. Wherever you find yourself wanting to praise God, you can experiment. Yeah, I just thought about that. Probably don't raise your hands when you're driving. Unless you're at the traffic lights. Traffic lights, you can. (laughs) So why not this week? Give it a go. Explore one of these expressions of praise in your own time or even right now as I invite the worship team up. This is our opportunity to practice some of what we've just been taught. And I want to say this is a safe place. You're not going to be judged. You're not going to be looked at funny. This is a safe place to express praise to God. But before we do that, I want to give you the opportunity, you know, connecting with God, the first step is to make a decision to follow him. 
And so if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then I want to give you that opportunity now. It is the best decision that you will ever make and it will change your life. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, which is basically just a confession of faith of saying, I believe in Jesus, of confessing your sins and making a commitment to follow him. So if we can close our eyes and pray this together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you died and you rose again. Please forgive me for living my life apart from you. I choose to be a Christian today, a follower of Jesus for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, then you just became a Christian. And we want to help you on that journey. So can I encourage you to let the person know that you came with today? Or at the end of the service, we're going to have a prayer team up the front. And they would love to encourage you as well. So let somebody know. But right now, let's stand and let's give our praise to our great God. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 